didn't come from what's the what's the next hottest thing oh podcast okay we need to start a podcast i'm obsessed with the world uh and and new things and things that are disrupting the industry like i wake up thinking about this stuff all the time late last night i was like listening to a clubhouse of people talking about how nfts are going to impact the art world like i was listening for hours like i couldn't get it out of my mind so two things really striked a chord when he said that for me was number one I need to make working out entertaining for Sean like I need him to feel like every single time he shows up he's learning something new All right, here we go, gentlemen. This is 100th episode special on Second Floor Podcast with your co-host, Kenny Buller. I've got Omi Cassius Kaderi by my side, and we have a very, very special guest who's back in action with us, Sean Canungo. Welcome back to Second Floor. Well, well, well guys, let me, I'm so excited. I, told, I think I said in our first pod that on the 100th pod, that I would be back, and here we are again, and you are in my home. Man. We, my second home. We elevated today. Like, if, if you think about it, every time I watch your video, Sean, and I see what you got going on here, you got to tell us a little bit about what you did. Like, how did you even find this spot when what? you decided to start? Yeah, so, so just as context, uh, you know, we've been doing all our content and keynotes, uh, presentations in this theater at the My Horse Theater in Edmonton. And, uh, you know, we got lucky because I was working with Bad Films before we shot a whole bunch of stuff here before uh, COVID, uh, just using it as kind of like a, a stage where we can just shoot content. And yeah, when the pandemic hit, we just kind of called them up again and said, hey, are you guys open to, to have like a workspace so we can shoot our, our keynotes? And they said, yeah. So we kind of got lucky. And then, yeah, we've been in basically residence since and just been shooting almost every, like multiple times a week uh, in here. And it's been fantastic. I mean, the reason why we're in here is like the lighting's great, the acoustics are great. And then like, we look at us. <laughs> we look crazy. great. We, we elevated. Great. This is we we stuck to our philosophy. So true, man. I, I want to ask both of you guys because there's, there's so much that has probably to our surprise changed since the last time we talked to Sean on air. And I'm sure as we, us three know, we've all been following up with one another and, and seeing all the great successes that, that all of us have been a part of. Um, I just want to ask both you guys, because I, I feel like both of you guys to a degree have just as much um, successes as much as struggles in this past year to pivot with what you guys do both of you being in um, literally the spotlight, but also with Omid being behind the scenes and, and, and doing videography for clients. I just want to start off with asking Sean, like what has been the biggest struggle for you, Sean, or, or even some, some wins too, with no longer having an audience to speak to? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you you definitely lose the energy, right? Especially somebody who uses comedy, not that I'm a comedian, but uses comedy to just elevate the experience. Like you, that sort of gets removed, right? So you don't have that energy from the crowd. You lose that interactivity, that connection. Like I, I think that, you know, so much of my content is just being authentic and being real and, and doing that in front of uh, a people. It just It just shines through a little bit more. But um, so I think that's probably been the most difficult part is the is the loss of humor, right? You you have no idea what's hitting when you are, uh, you know, saying something behind the screen, right? And, and and to the other point, like you don't know what's resonating with an audience from an idea perspective, right? You know, so much of creating content is seeing how people resonate with your shit. What, you know, when they're on stage, you see the nods head, you, you see, you know, there's, you know, their eyes moving and, and you see things sort of clicking in their mind, which you can't when you're doing things virtually. So I think that's a difficult part. But I think when the pandemic hit, honestly, I honestly think it was a home game because, you know, we've been doing so much video that it, it was just in our DNA to be like, okay, how do we go? How do we elevate? How do we how do we take this to the next level? I called up, uh, you know, my guys at Bad Films and I, I literally said, like, I don't want to sound like Kanye here. I know you guys have never done a live stream, but how do we create the best live stream that anybody's ever seen? And, uh, you know, it's been it's been phenomenal. I mean, 2020 was literally like the best year of my life um, from a family perspective, a financial perspective, life perspective. Like it was amazing. And um it, uh, yeah, just continue in second floor fashion, keep the good times rolling. Yeah, and, and you, you, he was recently in Forbes, right? Forbes mentioned you as the best virtual speaker. Yeah, right? yeah, that was oh. pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And um, yeah, so, uh, I, and I think it's just, you know, credit to, credit to, you know, Bad Films and Neve and, you know, you know, they've been sort of the superstars and, and just let, honestly, I would, I would be nothing without them. So yeah, just credit to them on that front. But yeah, you're going to say uh, with, with Q. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I, about you, man? I mean, from, from a perspective of business, I think just doing production has changed completely because a lot of people have, there's a lot of people that have shifted and pivoting into seeing video as like the thing now and they're shifting their businesses towards doing more video production which is great for for a guy like me um but i've also seen companies and businesses and individuals not pivoting and actually taking the opposite approach um so it's just interesting now that like content is now becoming more and more like the thing to do you know a lot of companies are like oh yeah we got to be on social we gotta so we gotta start making videos and they're hiring guys like guys like me um, but there's still, there's still the people that are still kind of doing their own thing. Um, I think just COVID has kind of elevated the, the need because, because of the, the human interaction isn't available, readily available anymore. So, yeah. What, listen, what about you, man? Listen, yeah. you've had probably one of the <laughs> biggest pivots because, you know, all the gyms were closed. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the government has been screwing you over. No, I, 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 they'd be probably doing the right thing. But y- you've had like one of the biggest pivots, right? It's been huge, man. I, I, I find even from the element of enjoying in-person interaction so much and then that being taken away from you with clients, you recognize you have to, you have to change it up. You have to be that much more entertaining uh, to a degree to keep things, uh, let's just say, uh, exciting for the client, right? Like since gyms closed and I was no longer able to train my clients at Good Life, I had to pivot every single one of them to virtual. And again, the, the setback there, right? For, for a client to feel like, okay, well, 
the in-person experience, you know, you're able to show me the technique, you're able to see how I could do it better. Like there's just so many different variables that they're already selling themselves on and going, ah, is it even worth it? But I just, I just told everyone, I'm like, this is better than nothing at the end of the day. Totally. Like let's, let's, let's recognize that virtual will be a different experience. But is, are you still going to get your workouts done if, if we don't do this? Ah, you're right. Maybe, maybe I'm going to feel like a little bit lazier. I'm going to convince myself that ah, I'll just wait till the gym's open. But I just told them, you know what? Let's, let's work on this. Now let's work on plyometric workouts. Let's do a lot of full body workouts. We're, we're not going to be able to pick up a barbell if you don't have it at home. But trust me when I say this, there's still things we can do. Absolutely. And I feel like in a position of, let's just say, influence or, or when you are a... a quote unquote business owner to a degree of any sort, when you're offering something to someone, you don't necessarily ask. You just tell them like, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Like, this is what it's going to look like. And I compare that to some of my trainers when they were like asking their clients, do you want to do virtual? No, it's okay. I'll just wait till the gym's open. But that comes off differently, especially I'm sure when you guys talk to your audience on camera or to your, you know, business owner that wants to tell individuals that they're still open during COVID. You just have to call the shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest thing I learned here is people feel more comfortable when you make the decision for them. Right. You know? Absolutely. Pro, uh, don't give them any options. Well, you know, I, I'm curious as well because this is the 100th pod. So congratulations, by the way, because this is a, a big achievement. Most people don't get to like nine pods. This is the 100th pod. And listen, I'm, I'm proud to be on. Uh, you know, since the pandemic, you guys have – you guys have retired and resurrected yourself again. <laughs> you guys were Jay-Z and you retired. You're you MJ yes, and you came back from the dead and now you've reinvented. You're up. You're, you're broadcasting. You're not even in, you know, you're, 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 you're on TV now. You're on TELUS. Like, you, you, it's, uh, it's the comeback of the year. So I'm curious how, how the pandemic maybe because we're here in, Jan for, for most people, we're here in February. We're almost here in March. Um, and how has over the last number of months, if you're thinking about the pod, you're thinking about content, like what are you guys thinking for the, for this next sort of the relaunch, the reinvention of second floor? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with, I felt like we were spinning our tires a little bit with the pod. Like we were, you know, doing the same thing. The strategy was the same. Um, not that it wasn't working, but I felt like there needed to be a shift, especially, with a lot of, you know, podcasts coming up, you know, everyone and their mom has a podcast now. So it's like, how do we differentiate ourselves? How yeah. do we get, how do we stand above the crowd of all these podcasts? And uh, I told Kenny, I was like, I want, I want a break. I need a month. I need 30 days to, to wrap my head around creating season two. Um, and at first he was hesitant. He's like, man, we're on a roll. Like we can't just stop. I'm like, we need to, we, we need to stop. We need to re-strategize and, and figure this out. Cause um, you can get so caught up in just creating, creating, creating and right. not really seeing the direction of where it was headed. So took 30 days, decided to wrap, wrap up season one and then figure out, okay, how do we launch into season two? How do we differentiate ourselves? Let's, let's, let's start hitting up the big boys. Let's try to get this on, on TV. Let's try to, nice. you know, let's try to get some names in here. You know, let's not just stick to Edmonton now. You know, we've done local, you know, we love our city. We try to put the city on the spotlight but now it's time to, to take it to the next, the next level. So I want to add to what Cash has said because 
that there's something that was said in those moments that did make me respect where he was coming from. Because if you take apart what you just said, the, very evidently, I was like, no, 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 no. Why are we stopping? Right? Like that's in my nature and also just in the element of why, why would we stop something that is very slowly turning into a bigger snowball, even if we're getting a little impatient at the moment. And I remember when Cassius was just like, man, he's like, I'm going to just be real with you. I'm not as excited anymore. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I was like, that's fair. Right. That, that's like, what can we do to make things exciting again? So it turned into not just a overnight, let's sit over coffee and let's brainstorm. There was that element, but it was like, let's really think on this. And then through that process, it was fair. It was almost turning into like, hey, is this a mutual breakup? Like, is this like a, we did what we needed to do on the second floor and let's really think about it. Because during first lockdown, Oma decided to be like, you know what? I got all the experience I needed. I'm going to become my own business owner. I'm running my own video company full time. Yeah. Let's go. And then I went, you know what? I'm sick and tired of marketing and sales. I, I, I don't want to just go that route and let it define me. It's a part of me. I, I enjoy the process. But it's just, is this what I want to do for the next 40 years of my life? So then I jumped into fitness and I was going guns blazing with, you know, adapting online, getting through good life, becoming a personal trainer in the full nine yards. So Cassius and I were like, hey, like videography and fitness, how do we tie that together? And through the beautiful process of being patient and understanding, okay, like how can we make this happen? We had through season two, Omid running all the business conversations for the most part. And then for myself, everything is health-based. Yeah. And so we tied in the duality of, you know, individuals out there who are go-getters, who are constantly thinking about moving the needle forward in their business. They need to also focus on their health. They, you know, they care about longevity and, 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 and having their business survive beyond the years of when they die. Well, let's just make sure they die or if anything, they live a long life while paying attention to their fitness, while being healthy, while thinking about what do they need to put in their body? What do they need to, you know, how many workouts should yeah. they be doing a week so they can have the energy for their business, you know? Well, I like how you've pivoted. I like it. I still believe that it should be way more focused on you. And I, this is some criticism. I said this at the beginning. I yeah. said this to you at the beginning of the, of the pod yeah. is that 99% of the people that are on this, they don't care about me. They still, and by the way, I love your guests. I think they're great. I don't care about them either. I care about you too. <laughs> so they want to hear about you guys and your takes and your content. And so I think um, the fact that you are focusing more on the, 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 the content mm. as opposed to the interview. Yeah. Like I, I love hearing people's come up, but I only like hearing people's come up if I already know them. If, I, I don't know. I, that, that's just me. So I know most people watching this right now, they don't care about me. They care about you. There, there was one thing that I realized probably a year, year and a half in into the podcast where the guests that we would feature wouldn't even share their episodes. Yeah. And it was something I noticed because our team was spending eight hours per episode a week on marketing material, setting up, filming, you know, design, marketing, all that. And I asked Kenny, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what is, what's going on here? Because if they're not sharing their own podcast, what are we? Maybe we're doing something wrong, or maybe they just don't want to share it. So if we can't organically get that reach from their own networks, if they're not even sharing it, and we're putting them on a spotlight, we're trying to make them feel special. We get bring them in. We 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 try to give them an experience. Why are they not sharing it? And so I realized that instead of putting the focus on the guest and the featured guest. Why don't we take it back exactly. and just get into the content and start producing content that's valuable instead while bringing the guest on, 
right? Having that conversation, but not focused on them and their story. Let's focus on the content. Yeah, less about who they are and more about what information exactly can I, like, can I learn from you and what can my listeners, yeah. you know, gather from this conversation that they can actually like, it, it can change their life today. It can make things 1% easier exactly. for them. I feel like or if you're not like David Goggins or The Rock or somebody who's a celebrity, you're not really going to care about the backstory. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I that. fundamentally agree with that. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like what's happening right now. Like what yeah. are people into? What's the, the, like the juicy, I mean, we, yeah. That's what's crazy though. I'll be honest. Like from my consumer behavior, I recognize when I'm like watching videos, trying to find something relatable and get ideas. I've caught myself lately. I don't know about you guys being more intrigued by videos that are post COVID than pre COVID. You know what I mean? Like I almost feel like the relevancy there is higher when I'm watching something that was made 2020 and beyond. Interesting. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm almost like, ah, you know what? This was before. Maybe it's not as yeah, relatable. What are people talking about now? Well, the world changed, right? Like the world reset. So like there was a big reset. And I think, you know, honestly, what happened before pre-COVID is almost irrelevant now, right? Because the world yeah. has changed so much. So debatable topic. I don't know what you guys think about this. Yeah. So Grey's Anatomy, right? They just started p putting new episodes. Mind you, I don't watch it, but I hear brilliant things every single, like, you know, I talk to certain people and they love it. They eat it up. My mom watches it. And they had this debate between all of the cast members and the producers. And they said, listen, guys, do we go all in on COVID-related content or do we just ignore it? You know, like they're doctors and nurses. They're in the hospitals. And they came to the conclusion of guys like we we have to do this there was definitely some setbacks there was people who were like man like people already have covid fatigue like we're just gonna be another show acting like the how the world is already acting but what ended up winning was the producer said we have to tell the story and show people from our perspectives what covid looks like from our lens like we it's a duty of service like if, if we are the go-to show for for doctors and nurses we have to show them like pretty much how intense and how ridiculous things look on our end and from you know it's a drama show it's it's something of value and people might end up you know like connecting with it more but i'm curious on your guys' end is do you experience that quote unquote COVID fatigue if you're watching something and you're like, oh man, yeah, like, uh, they're tying in COVID. Like I already deal with this shit every day. I, I, I listen, first of all, I looked at Neve right away when you said Greg's Anatomy, Greg's Anatomy, because I always laugh at her because uh, Neve's like my editor. She, she, uh, she's, she's the best. And she, I am like, what'd you watch? She's like, I watched Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, Grey's Anatomy? I'm like, what, <laughs> isn't that over? Like, what season are we in? Uh, come That's on. I'm, I'm worried about you, man. Uh, no, I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm COVID out. Like, I don't want any more COVID content. I don't want to hear about COVID. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to see what the world looks like post-COVID. I want to talk about things that happened post-COVID. So I'm out. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Career Essentials a new podcast from techlifetoday.ca. And Nate, Career Essentials offers real-world advice and insight into different careers and career paths. It features the stories and experiences of Nate alumni with lessons for everyone. Discover perspectives, tools, and tips essential to career growth and success, no matter what stage you're at in your career journey. A recent episode you might find interesting features Edmonton chef Steve Brochu of Milk Crate, who explains why mental health in the restaurant industry often gets ignored. 
and shares what he's doing to change that. Find Career Essentials on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it at techlifetoday.ca forward slash podcast. So should we stop talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't say the C word. Um, what, what else do we want to talk about? Because I, I there was a couple top, there was a bunch of topics that we want to hit. Um, I want to talk about the fitness piece. Uh, should we should we should we dive to it now? I want to dive into it, man. I want you to tell us what was the most rewarding experience for you to to actually make fitness your biggest priority. Well, first of all, let's get some context of what happened over the last. <laughs> Seven, seven or eight months. Like, what a transformation, okay, oh, man. Oh, okay, well, first of all, you know, I will uh, break it down and from my lens, and then Kenny will sort of uh, tell his side of the story. Um, so in August, I was like, I was looking at myself, and it was disgusting, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I, I looked, I was fat, I was overweight, I was not happy with how I looked, and I'm on camera all the time. And aesthetics and looking good isn't was I mean it is important to me, and I, I obviously Kenny you know he's been he's the expert in in the space so I came to him we we met up um, at, at a Tim Hortons and I said listen this is this is it man this is this is what I want this is what I'm looking for I'm like and let let's see what, how this goes right um, and using his services and you know to me it was like a game changer. Like I have been doing, I've been working out my entire life. I have been doing, I've been focusing on eating healthy my entire life, yet I still didn't see the improvements. And, and, and so I basically started in August at 182 pounds. And right now I'm at 149. So literally 30 pounds pounds more like 30 I don't even know what that is 33 pounds wow um and just I just wanted to look better it was it was I just want to feel good right um so that was the that that's that that's sort of the looking out and but looking in like it was a lot of work it was a fundamental mindset shift of how I looked at food at working out sleep it was like a holistic uh just a transformation and so all credit, all credit to Kenny actually, because Kenny, Kenny, like literally, he first of all he kicked my ass, <laughs> uh, and I, I dreaded, I fucking dreaded meeting him because I knew he would just kill me. And then, but it was, it was amazing because he was on me, right? Sending him food, sending him progress pictures, you know, putting in the workouts, man. So I, I want to thank you so much because, uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of love for you know, the transformation. And I just want to thank you, uh, officially thank you on this pod because it, 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 it's, been, uh, it's been amazing, man. Wow, that's touching, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I think the coolest thing about Sean through the process of training him was how you soaked up every single little bit of information that I provided. Like when, when trainers say they're giving their clients homework, or when they're just giving them something to make sure they do, when the training session's done, you did it. And you did it in a timely manner. You, you, you looked at this like, hey, if I'm investing in myself, I'm going all in. And that was a really cool thing about it, is just recognizing like, I'll never forget, when, when Sean and I were sitting for the first time, you showed me your watch, your, your Apple watch. 
and, and you're like, look at my cool watch. Just kidding. You're like, listen, man, you're like, I track my workouts and man, I'm like getting roughly maybe 150 to 200 calories I'm burning. And you told me, you're like, it's just, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. I'm just doing the kind of stuff it's telling me to do. So two things really strike the chord when he said that for me was number one, I need to make working out entertaining for Sean. Like I need him to feel like every single time he shows up, he's learning something new. Definitely. He's doing a different, he's moving his body in a way he thought he could never move his body before. So that was, that was the exciting part is just recognizing like we have to create some variability in his workouts. Absolutely. And, and I felt like that was an element if you agree, like, Oh yeah, that made there was, you there was show stuff. Up. I, and I, like I said, I've been working on my entire life and there were, like every single time we got together, there was, I was moving my body in new ways. Yeah. And then the second thing was, okay, like, let's just, the reality is we got to burn more than 150 calories. <laughs> like it was like, we just have to put in uh, more work in the time that you're spending working out. So that was just recognizing that we're just going to take your idea of what a workout is, which is roughly around here on the scale. And I'm just going to put it a little yeah. bit higher. Right. So all of that to the process of man, like progress photos, um, looking at like lifestyle changes where you're eating more consciously or you're, you're just taking a step back and eating slower. You're also saying, OK, well, what's on my plate? That was a really exciting thing is like when Sean would send me photos of his food and I saw just man, night and day differences. And, and that was cool, man, because like the biggest thing I think I think for anyone, I think any one of you guys can testify to this. And I'm sure Omid can is when he can be like, man, like I made this video for a client and he shared it everywhere. That's a good feeling. Like that's when you know that yeah. your quote unquote client loves what you did for them. So when I'm telling you, hey, Sean, like do this this week, man. And you go above and beyond and you do that while you're doing everything else I told you weeks before. It's exciting because you're hooked. There's a buy in there. You know, and I know right now we're in the process of seeing how you make this all happen for yourself on your own. And that's something I talk a lot about, man, is like handholding. I think for trainers, we don't want to hold the person's hand forever. Like we want to be like, you know what, man, you don't need me anymore. There's going to be a certain exactly. point where that happens, you know? You know, every time, every time I saw a picture that Sean would send you through WhatsApp and I, every time I saw Carrot, I was like, man... That's a, that that that's serious. You know what I'm saying? It, it made me laugh because I was like, "Man, why is Sean sending you pictures of food?" But you're like, "Man, I, I'm making him send me." I said he eats. I said Kenny. Though, if you look at cam Kenny's camera roll, it's only pictures <laughs> of carrots and apples and my food. That's it, man. Uh, and 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 naked, not naked, but like you know, uh, 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 topless pictures of me uh, in his. Uh, that's his camera roll. That's why, you know, if if if. You know his uh, any any future partners that like, scroll through his phone, uh, they're gonna be like, well, "Who is this guy that you He's have all these?" Both ways. They, What's going on? No, but, but that you you can't. Uh, I I don't want to underestimate how important it is to document the process, right? And you could translate this to other things too, where you're documenting your topless photos that I'm sending. You know, a, a man sending another man a topless photo, uh, and is is a it's actually a very humbling thing to do mm. and it is when you know you got to send a naked pic to somebody you're like damn like i don't want to look terrible mm. uh when you send a picture of your food to somebody you're like damn i don't want to disappoint him so to me it is actually a powerful accountability play by doing that and you can translate the idea of progress picks or progress whatever to other things like whether it's your business or whatever it is it's like how do you enjoy how do you keep on 
being accountable by showing the progress, right? Could be about content. Love could that. be about your finances, your revenue, your goals. And, and, and you know, to me, that was an actual mindset shift to be like, holy crap, I was able to transform my body by, by continuously tracking and sending the progress to somebody else. Um, I think that was really powerful and yeah. for me to see. I agree. That's awesome. That like the 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 very fact that you mentioned that it it just shows there's vulnerability there, right? Like when you when you know you're showing someone your 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 entire body. Well, listen, I want to have sex with myself. Uh, that 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 is the ultimate, you know, that that is the ultimate goal, right? Um if you look at yourself and you wouldn't want to have sex with yourself, then that's a problem. Um and I think uh, I, I'm I'm being a bit uh, emphatic or 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 you know, but it, it is true. Like you want to be able to, uh, you know, you want some. You want to send a picture to somebody else and be like, "Damn, that's awesome." Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it plays into like you asking yourself, "How often do I look in the mirror?" And if I don't, why am I not doing that? Why Why am I not looking in the mirror, smiling, appreciating myself? Then you start recognizing. Why am I always on Instagram checking how many likes I'm getting? Now look what's happening. Now you're looking for validation from other people as opposed to validation from yourself. And, and that, that, there's layers to that from a mental health perspective, right? At the end of the day, yeah, let's be honest. There's a huge vanity component to, to fitness. Like, let, let's be real. Yeah, we want to feel good, but looking good is a part of that. Well, and I told you at the beginning, man, like, I actually just only want to look good. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't care about the health. I'm good with it. <laughs> I want to just look good aesthetically and visually. I want to look good on camera because I'm on camera a ton. So I just want to look good. And that was it. And then the health benefits were great. From your yeah. perspective, Sean, like, how much... Because I, I, there's always some individuals who will say, maybe they're similar in your shoes, and I don't think they are because you're one of the most busiest people I know and for, for good value for everything you can involve yourself in, is like when they go, man, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time for this. Or like, I'm worried if I work out, I'm going to get tired, which obviously I'm sure for those who, you know, spend the amount of energy in working out, they, they see the benefits of how much more energy they get. But like from your end, how much more energy do you feel like you got through your videos and through the work you have? Maybe like, did you notice you're showing up more with your kids? Like yeah. things like that. Did yeah, that play definitely. I think, I think energy, you know, one of the things I've been blessed with is good energy. I think we, we, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely it. But, um, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely, um, allows you to create more energy in other parts of your life, right? Whether it's on stage or whether it's with your kids or your wife or wherever else. I mean, that I think that's, yeah, one of the, yeah, looking good is is great and it's also a byproduct of having just more energy, right? And you've been going through, like, he, he's been putting you through the ringer too, man. He has, he has. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think from, I think everyone has their own different motivation for, for health and fitness. And, and it's okay if it's just, you want to look good or you want to feel good. If it's for Instagram, it's for, if it's for women, I think you have to have something intrinsically that pushes you to, to do it. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's with, that's with everything, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, your workouts are killing me, bro. (laughs) There you go. And, and, and honestly, I think it just allows for a more creative, just creative life like as long as you, you you stay you keep the energy up like it allows you actually to be more creative because you're like oh shit i can i can 
post, I can create more content. I can have more energy. I don't know. Well, you, well, you, well, you also like, like Kenny said, like you, you become more productive. Your days last yeah. longer. So from a business perspective, if, if you're motivated by any sort of business or whatever business you're in or industry, if you want to dominate, your health has to be on point because you're, if your competitor can last longer in their days and they're outworking you. Hmm. Well, look, can, well, well, look at this, man. You, 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 you've been working out with Kenny. You're doing your thing. And now you're doubling down on content. You're doubling down on your business. I see you. I'm, I, I see the grind, man. Yes, so sir. what? Tell me, tell me what you're excited about because uh, over the next number of months, because I, I see you putting out the work. I think from a content perspective, I I just want to again. It's 2021. You know what I mean? It's like, what haven't I done, and what haven't I haven't I really pushed? And I think, I think being able to adapt our content and being aware and being conscious of that was something that. Because it's, like I said, it's easy to just get into the, the pool of social media and just get drowned by doing that work and daily grinding, doing the same thing, podcast after podcast, rap video after rap video. But what, what's behind it is I feel like the strategy of like, okay, adapting. You know, TikTok is taking over now. People are getting on TikTok. Everyone and their mom is starting a podcast. How do we differentiate ourselves? How do we get out of that? What's next? Because podcasts are hot right now but what is that next thing is it clubhouse you know what i'm saying is i it, love clubhouse by the way yeah so it's like what is that next thing and if we can get ahead of that trend or ahead of that curb like a lot of influencers or youtubers or people that have made it they've done it by right not all of them but they've done it by writing and adapting to the platforms that are available Absolutely. right because tiktok is now what is the next tiktok yeah what is the next thing are you on Clubhouse, by the way? I haven't seen you on Clubhouse. So there's something. I was invited. Yeah. There's something about Clubhouse with invitations. I got an invite from Paul Holti. Well, you, shout out to Paul Holti. But well, like, you don't have an you don't have an iPhone. I didn't go out on it. Oh, you have to have an iPhone. Yeah. You have to have a freaking iPhone yeah, for you it. Have an Come on, Samsung, Android, get with the program. Yeah. Um, I just want to share something to tee off on that is exclusivity, because that's something that Cassius has definitely capitalized on in 2021. Is upscaling your Patreon, having actual individuals who want to support and pay to hear what you have to say. That's huge. For someone who's been doing content building for over a decade, it must feel pretty damn good for people to finally like want to just support and pay you for what you're saying. Yeah, and, you know? and shout out, by the way, to the Patreon. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a patron of, uh, of Cassius. And uh, I don't know if you, I, I, wanna, I don't want to drop this here, but um, there's actually going to be a very exclusive clip that's going to be just for Patreon that we're going to record from here. Um, and there are going to be some very, very juicy nuggets. How to date in 2021 <laughs> post-pandemic. I got you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Shop local. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network. So it's just a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Yeah, but I think I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, 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 about, it's, it's about being aware of you know, like, you know, Sean, Sean has mentioned Mr. Beast, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that are really the trendsetters 
on 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 social media and content. And I think if you're not a if you're not paying attention to what's happening, um, it's easy to just stick and just do a podcast for the next ten years. It's easy to just stick on Instagram and just do the same thing over and over again. Because I fell in it. I fell in it for many years. I feel like over the decade of content that I've dropped, I've been through. I've been trying to catch up with everything and all these other people that are doing things online where it's like, okay, why, why am I always constantly on this chase? Yeah. How can we get in front of this? You know what I'm saying? And, and it, and it's, and it, and it starts with, starts with your own content, but it also starts with being aware of what, like, if you think about it, a lot of the big guys, they do have their own podcast. Why is that? Why is that? Okay, it's easier to make content. It's easier to start getting those clips and nuggets out to their audience. It's easier to 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 up up upsell I, and get to the next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's and I love what you guys have done because I think at the end of the day, it creates trust. Like you look at some of the big, uh, you know, even look at like look at David Dobrik, who's probably one of the biggest YouTubers on the planet right now. Like he just came out with views, um, his podcast, which basically gets more hits than like Jimmy Fallon. I mean, that's like the new late night show. And I think what people are realizing is that podcast is a great way of building trust and infinity and, and people just vibing with you. Right. And I think that's what, what's beautiful with what you guys have done is that you've created trust. Like people know who you are because you are sharing your thoughts constantly and you're, you're actually being vulnerable. Like for you to share your ideas openly is a very vulnerable place to be. I want to pick apart what you guys said there because there's so many people, dozens actually, that have gone to Omen and I and shared their their curiosity and like, oh, how do I start a podcast and I want to? I see you guys killing it. And they, they feel like and believe that we're making a fortune off of it, which to be honest, we're not. Like we're still actually, we're feeding money into this beast. And I, and I say that for the following reasons is, if there's anyone out there that wants to start a podcast, yes, do it. But don't do it to feel like the podcast alone is going to make you a fortune now. Do it to build the library, right? Like you're going to build a full database of conversations you've had. Then from there, with the little experience that you and I have already had, and we want to capitalize on this, take maybe a personal experience, that theatrical video, quote unquote, where a conversation you had, you're just going to go in more depth on it with your personal experience. And now it's this tangible five-minute video. But I also think that not everyone deserves to have a podcast. Ooh, Dang. you know what I'm saying? Like Mike not every not everyone needs to 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 have a show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it ha like for us it came from an authentic place. Like I was making content for years before I got into the podcast game. And I brought that up to you when we started Second Floor, me and you sat at Timmy's and I said, "Listen man, I think I'm, I want to start a podcast because every single week I have conversations in my inner circle about this stuff. Like I'm already having these conversations. It just makes sense to start, you know, producing content and then he was like yeah let's do it and then that's how second floor it it, it it can't it didn't come from what's the what's the next hottest thing oh podcast okay we need to start a podcast it wasn't like it, it came from a very organic place so that's my belief i don't think everyone deserves a podcast so i'm gonna ask sean this to piggyback off of what cash has just said is and i struggle with this personally is and, and I'll, I'll never forget you said this actually very recently you know Q's like, listen, man, like there's, there's people I already know, like personally, who are getting asked to be a speaker at an event in some capacity. And they're getting, not even just themselves, this is a whole other story, they're getting their assistant or whatever have you telling that event coordinator that, you know what, you want so-and-so on, 
XYZ value, but there's, there's, there's a monetary value there for someone to show up. So from your perspective, Sean, knowing that, you know, you've been immersed in events, you've been compensated very fairly and accordingly for them when you speak and show up. For guys like us who've now, we've been in it for two and a half years, we've been in the mix, we're starting to be in more events. Are there certain things, and even anyone else who's out there that is just starting to taste an element of influencing, where you feel like this and this and this need to have happened, where you can fairly justify why you're going to ask for this much amount of dollars to show up? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you're talking about price. Price is and value is imagined, it, it, meaning. Uh, if you feel that you are worth something, then that's the price that you should uh, you stand by and uh, that's what you should offer. If I tell you that I'm worth a million dollars for a talk then um, and somebody's willing to pay that, then I'm worth a million dollars a talk. Um, I, like I said, a value is, is part of a narrative. It's part of a story. So... You know, most people when they when they demand a price, they are they've cr already created a narrative. They've already put in the work for you know decade plus. They've created a brand. They have this, this, and this, um, and then they can command a certain price. I think you uh, so what uh, that's the beauty of value. It's like completely based on the story that you tell, and it's what. Uh, people perceive that story to be. So I think if you want to charge something that is of value, then you have to uh, persuade and convince somebody on the other end that you are worth that. Um, whether it's the insights that you're giving or the the tickets that you're going to sell, like you have to demonstrate that you can, uh, you know, create value for for the other party. Yeah. Um, so like from a like from a speaking event perspective, like yeah, you. I mean, tactically, like you need some of those other things. Like you need a real. Like you're basically trying to de-risk the, uh, the 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 organizers. Uh, you're, you're trying to de-risk it for them, right? You 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 they you want them to feel like, damn, I made a really good decision. I'm not gonna lose my job by making this decision. So, like for myself, yes, like I'm all over the world. Like I have video. I have more videos than anybody. Um, you know, on stage. Like they're very highly produced. We're doing this thing in the in a theater. Like uh, I'm trying to de-risk it for an organizer. Organizer to say, well, Sean, when we get Sean, we know he's gonna deliver, and he is worth this price because he's a he's the best in the world when it comes to doing this. So yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of like uh, you know NBA top top shot. Right, it's 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 they've created a narrative and a story behind these items and these moments, and those moments have already already have a story behind them. And now with these digital assets, it's like there's a price there's a price to them, low yeah. or high. Yeah, well, and and let me break down the the NBA Top Shot piece to you and and the old, whole idea of NFTs, which is uh, an NFT is a non fungible token. It's basically a verifiable digital asset facilitated through the blockchain. Basically, it means that you can own a virtual. It's like virtual real estate, right? And so, owning a piece of virtual real estate is a bit of like it's a, a bit of a mind bending concept, right? And uh, NBA Top Shot is a is a place where you can get digital collectibles, basically a digital card. You know, back in the day, you used to go to SO and you'd get like a, a pack of hockey cards, then you would open up and you get all these cards. Those are sort of non-fungible tokens, meaning every single card is a unique 
card. No, uh, uh, even though you might have the same Gretzky as me, at, le- at least it has a serial number attached to it, so it's unique in that way. And so, um, each one of those cards holds a value. Now, when you put these things uh, virtually. They still have value uh, if we all agree that they all have value. So I think what the beauty of what NBA Top Shot has done and the reason why it has accelerated is because they've created uh, a narrative around the value of those cards. First of all, it's supported by the NBA. It's stamped and licensed by the NBA. When you own a highlight, a, a digital collectible from the NBA, that means you own it. Omid or Kenny, you own this highlight. Uh, and other people might own the same highlight, but you have that serial number. You have a piece of Steph Curry, right? Um, To me, that is value, and they've created a narrative around that. And so a lot of people say, well, all these digital collectibles, they, they're, it's just like, why would I, I can, I can YouTube that. I can, I can get that off the internet. Yes, you can, but you can also get the Mona Lisa off the internet. I could print a copy of the Mona Lisa and put it in my house, it's but authentic. everybody knows it's not authentic, it's not original. The beauty of what the blockchain has done, it has verified the authenticity of something. So now it, 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 you can actually create vir- uh, scarcity uh, uh, virtually when you, when you have, uh, uh, because of the blockchain. And it's all based on narrative. And, and I think we forget about how many things in the world are based on narrative and brand and story. Uh, we just forget. Um, everything from our clothing to our uh, to our the cars that we drive to this iPhone to to uh, value and price and to NBA Top Shot, everything is based on a story. Value is imagined. One hundred percent. Even with the content, the best the best content creators are storytellers. Absolutely. And, and I feel like I feel like you can get lost in the mix. And 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 I and I hundred percent agree with you that we have to come back. And think about that narrative because organizations like the NBA are creating a narrative around a digital asset that technically is just, technically it's nothing, but they've created that exclusivity. They've created a narrative which has created value. People want to own it. That's what it is. They want to see a story. Like, I can't imagine what this would be like with exactly. UFC knockouts of the year. They can be like, you know what? I have it. This could disappear on YouTube. This can, YouTube can one day disappear, but I own this. Exactly. That's pretty sick. I'm going to search. And by the way, Dapper Labs has a, a, a an agreement with UFC. Sick. Um. So yeah, you could own a, a, a knockout or you something You want to say it's like theirs. That. Yeah, and I, I think this is why I'm really excited about NFTs is because it is literally... Um, allowing the creator economy to monetize their craft instead of relying on the platforms like the YouTubes and the TikToks in the world where they've given people great audience. Here, you can actually monetize your craft and um, create scarcity uh, and and just monetize your fandom. I think literally we are seeing, like I, 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 over the last two weeks, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I believe that this is going to change the world. It is going to disrupt every single industry. The fact that uh, facilitated by a blockchain, you can now monetize your craft. Like this podcast, this 100th episode uh, 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 of the second floor could be minted on a non-fungible token and could be sold around the world and, and people could, you know, there could be a secondary market for just this podcast. That's what we're talking about. And you can apply this to not only art, to videos, but to ideas. Um, and I think we're just at the starting point of it. And I'm, I, I've been literally shaking over the last two weeks because I can't get this idea out of my mind. That's insane. That's that is so cool. Yeah. I, I know we only have five minutes and there's two super important questions I wanted to ask Sean. 
it kind of relates to this because sometimes like when you talk about NFTs, number one, I feel like, am I living under a rock? And number two, I just wonder like, where does Sean find this stuff? So being that you're a, a huge, your curiosity, you have a huge curiosity mindset and I love that about you. I find that's what makes you do what you do extremely well. But like for someone like me who wonders, like where do you find your research? How do you find it? Is there like certain websites out there, like a process you follow when you're trying to think of the next best thing to talk about? Where, where, what do you look up? So, so I think number one is uh, I'm working with like amazing companies uh, all the time, and they're also introducing me to things. Like I'm invested in in a number of different companies, so they're they're always um, up to some cool things. Um, I, I'm just generally curious about the world, not only from an innovation standpoint, technology standpoint, but from a cultural perspective, from a sports perspective, entertainment, media. Like I think I'm just. I'm just fascinated by the world. I'm always learning and having that learning mindset is so important in terms of uh, just not only what I do, but just in general. Like I just, I'm obsessed with the world uh, and, and new things and things that are disrupting the industry. Like I wake up thinking about this stuff all the time. Late last night, I was like listening to a clubhouse of people talking about how NFTs are going to impact the art world. Like I was listening for hours. Like I couldn't get it out of my mind. I'm just curious about the world and, um, it's just innate. And most people don't have that. And which is fine. Like, uh, I just, it, it is literally ingrained in my DNA and, I just think that it's uh, yeah. I, I I don't know what to t- say. It's it's everywhere. I, I listen to everything. I listen to every podcast. Read every single book. And and uh, that's why I through every single industry. I'm just fascinated. So so Sean, I want to quickly ask, and I think this will be like the Patreon plug. Yes, Patreon exclusive right here. If uh, maybe you can give some tips, advice for creators, filmmakers, those who are following my journey. Give them like a nugget. For the Patreon audience about content creation, what should they do? How, uh, you know, should they be focusing uh, on NFTs, like you said? Should they be focused, like where, one piece of advice, just one nugget. Well, listen, if if you've gone this far on the podcast, number one, I want you to subscribe, rate, follow, like, wherever you are to this podcast on Second Floor. And um, I'm going to be giving some like real detailed economics on the on the Patreon. I'm actually going to be dropping real numbers onto the podcast on the Patreon. So jump onto the Patreon because uh, that's where you can get some actual numbers behind it. Because I think we talk about all this stuff, but there's no numbers. So I think I'd like to get some numbers. So you can jump on now. One hundred percent, man, Sean. <laughs> You're a mic dropper and a half, man. I appreciate every single ounce of your time you've given us, brother. This was another special episode. I 120% agree with absolutely everything you said. And um, I'm happy all three of us got to get together again for our 100th episode special on the Second Floor Podcast. You, you know you're doing something right, Sean, when you make Kenny quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no when he's like, quiet, uh, that. he's listening. He's actually listening. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, it, it was a pleasure being on the 100th episode. I can't wait to be on the 200th episode um, again. But I uh, love chopping up with you guys. Definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like this episode, tune in on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, every single place where you could tune in on a podcast. Uh, Also, Telesoptic TV. Also, I mean, there's like so many different apps. Uh, Telesoptic TV, 8 million subscribers. Let's go. 8 million subscribers are going to watch this episode. If you guys liked it, share it, comment, like, subscribe, and please follow Sean Canungo's journey. Thank you. That's That's a wrap. wrap. Woo!
That is, baby. That's that perfect, is. guys. It's Thank you, brother. That was amazing. That was, holy, awesome. holy that, was that was a lot of fun. That last little bit was so true, though. <laughs> like, I tell <laughs> him it all the time. Nugget. I'm like, bro, look at who all our clients are. Look, it's every <laughs> podcast. <laughs>